0: You may have heard some debates about who the 144,000 are in the book of Revelation. But I believe the chapter leaves no doubt. And what it reminds us of is that God is true to his covenant, true to the people of Israel. We're going to learn more about the 144,000 and the sealing of them today on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Revelation 7, the 144,000 and the Great Multitude. Everybody look at the word Mark in verse four. That word Mark is Tav, T-A-V. Just write it down. T-A-V. So God is the Alpha and what? Omega. In Hebrew, he is the Aleph, Tav. The first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet are Aleph and Tav. Everybody remember what the Tav looks like, especially in the ancient Hebrew language? The Tav looks like what? A cross. Everyone who is going to be marked in the city with This mark is the Hebrew word tav, and it looks like a cross. This is a long time before Jesus is born in Bethlehem. This is a long time before we as Christians, you know, celebrate a cross on which Jesus died. We preach the message of the cross. In fact, Jewish graves are marked with the Tav. Before we even knew about crucifixions, this was happening. Imagine this. The people in the city who are being marked for preservation before the judgment comes are being marked with crosses on their foreheads. Hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was ever born in Bethlehem. What? Do you remember in the Exodus before God was going to pass over the 10th plague, they were, to- they were told, we, uh, you are instructed to kill a lamb at twilight, and you're to put the blood of the lamb, where? On the doorpost, on the lintel. You're to mark the house. There's two words. Uh, here we have tav. The other Hebrew word is oat. And it's really interesting how this all ties together. But you're to mark the doorpost and the lentil. I told you that you can easily see in the sign of the cross there. You're to mark the door with blood, the blood of the lamb. And in so doing, God says, when I pass over, if I see the blood, I will what? I will not judge that household. Do you know that the second coming of Jesus Christ is really another Passover? Think about it. He is coming again, and everyone who is marked by the Lamb for ownership and protection will not experience the wrath of God. Those who do not have the mark, who have not been sealed by the Spirit of God or by the living God, what will they experience? The wrath of God. Now, how did this happen? Well, this is, you have to argue this is symbolic in some way because the way that the judgment occurred in Jerusalem was through Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar actually became God's instrument of judgment. I would argue that the same thing happened in 70 AD. Jesus said that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Do you see all these buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another that will not be thrown down. Amen? Jesus said that. In less than 40 years, when he spoke those words, Jerusalem fell to the ground by virtue of what? The Roman armies led by Titus Vespasian in AD 70. This is all This is all world history. The vehicle by which the judgment came was the Roman army, which tells us something about the judgment of God, that sometimes the judgment of God happens through means that We'd say, well, there's a war, or there's something going on, but God is behind that. And uh, of course, I'm, I'm telling you there's going to be supernatural happenings in these last days, but here's back to Revelation 7. Uh, there's some of the parallels of the mark, the Tov, the people who are marked. Now, here's the number of these individuals, and I'm going to have to probably do this chapter in two parts, we'll see, but... Look at Revelation 7, verse 4. I heard the number, Revelation 7, 4, of those who were sealed. 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, I'm sorry, it it doesn't say that. Excuse me. That was mean, I'm sorry. Now, you might say, why do the Jehovah's Witnesses believe that they and when I say they, I have to qualify because all those who would be part of 144,000 are now gone. So they believe the 144,000 are the only ones who can be born again, go directly to heaven, dot, dot, dot. You can go back and listen to those teachings. But where do they get this? Well, read the verse. It says, it's 144,000 sealed from what? Every tribe of the sons of Israel. Now, I will say this. To give our Jehovah's Witness friends a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, there are Christian commentators that do not take this phrase literally. They believe that the 144,000 here represents the church, or the church at that age to come, or over the history of redemption from the cross till whenever it all ends. I'm just going to say to you, I do not agree with that interpretation. I think what you're going to see is a clear distinction between the 144,000 and the great multitude. And there's going to be contrast between the two. And I'm going to take the language just for what it says. There are 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. I don't have any reason when I'm interpreting the Bible here, to take that in any other way than in a literal sense. Now, someone will say, though, is the 144,000 literal? Because you do have 12s, right? You have 12 tribes. You have 12 sons of Jacob. And if you take 12 times 12, for those of you who are speed mathematicians back in the early grades, 12 times 12 is what? 144. I used to win those math contests. Well, I should say, there was a smart, really geeky guy. I always came in second. (laughs) Anyway, never mind. (laughs) I don't even know why I went there. But you know, your times tables, right? So 12 times 12 is 144. So some people say, no, this is a symbolic number, and it's not necessarily just 144,000 Jewish people. Okay, I won't live and die with that, and I don't know if it really matters But is there a reason to take the number symbolically? I don't know. I'll let you wrestle with the 12s and what you think, and whether it's literally to a T, 144,000 or not, you can read commentators who, you know, will go back and forth on that and they'll disagree. But here's what we do know. They're from every tribe of the sons of Israel, and they are being sealed. And we get a little bit more information about these individuals in Revelation 14. Flip over there for a second. Revelation 14. Here's just some additional detail we don't get in chapter seven. I looked, 1, and behold, the lamb was standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. So we get some detail about the mark or what's on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of a loud thunder, of loud thunder. And the voice which I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they sang a new song, verse three, before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been what? Purchased from the earth. Purchased is another way of saying, saying redeemed. These are the ones who have not been defiled with women, I don't know if this means they are virgins or if the woman is a way of saying they have, been, have not been defiled with the world system. After all, marriage is from God and the marriage bed is undefiled. So I don't think that we should take this necessarily in a wooden literal sense. There's a woman uh, in the chapters ahead who's a defiling agent, and that may be the reference. They have kept themselves chaste These are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. These have been purchased from among men as first fruits to God and to the lamb. And no lie was found in their mouth. They are guileless without guile, is another way to put it. And they are blameless. They are distinct from the world and the world system. They're Jewish. Uh, If you go back to Revelation 7, you'll see tribes are going to be mentioned here. Where they actually come from. And uh, we'll just quickly move through this, but um, these are, it's going to be clear that these are Jews and they're taken from these individual tribes. So let's just take a peek at uh, where they come from. There are from the tribe of Judah, seven, five, 12,000 who were sealed. Judah was not the firstborn. Reuben was, but he took prominence in the 12 sons. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000, he was the actual firstborn. From the tribe of Gad, There were 12,000. Remember I told you that that's where that famous praise chorus came from? He has made me God. He has made me God. Remember that? Anyway, you have to go back and get the Genesis teaching. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. By the way, Ephraim and Manasseh came into Joseph's spot. And if you remember the Genesis teaching that we went through, the boys are before Jacob and he kind of adopts them as his own. And Ephraim and Manasseh take the place of Joseph. When you see these tribes spoken of, they're often considered half tribes. Otherwise you would have 13. I don't want to make your brain hurt right now, but anyway, just, just know that they were considered half tribes. You have, uh, from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. You have the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, he became famous for making jeans, uh, 12,000. Just kidding. That's a Levit- Levitical line. From the tribe of Issachar, uh, 12,000. <laughs> from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph. Now notice you have Joseph and Manasseh, 12,000. And from the tribe of Benjamin. So Joseph and Benjamin were born through Rachel Jacob's true love they were the last ones born 12,000 were sealed You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app Apps like iPodcast Spotify Stitcher iHeartRadio, Radio Google Play and much more Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Visit the Walk in Truth store today and get the DVD series in Revelation by Michael Lance. The book of Revelation reveals the person and work of Jesus Christ. This book will give you a unique glimpse into heaven and the worship that happens there. It also reveals the future. We see the seven-sealed scroll, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the mark of the beast, and learn about the new heaven and the new earth. Join Michael Lance in these DVD series of the dramatic, often sobering book. Visit the Walk in Truth store today to order your copy of the DVDs, all available to help you dive deeper into the book of Revelation. Visit walkintruth.com today. That's walkintruth.com. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk and Truth. You have the tribe of Simeon, twelve thousand from the tribe of Levi. He became famous for making jeans. Uh, twelve thousand, just kidding. That's a little Levitical line from the tribe of Issachar, uh, twelve thousand <laughs> from the tribe of Zebulun, twelve thousand from the tribe of Joseph. Now notice you have Joseph and Manasseh. 12,000, and from the tribe of Benjamin. So Joseph and Benjamin were born through Rachel, Jacob's true love. They were the last ones born. 12,000 were sealed. So just simply put, what you have is Dan and uh, John leaves out Dan and lists Manasseh and not Ephraim and puts Joseph and Levi there which differs from a lot of the listings that you find, like, for example, in the book of Numbers. And if you are going to ask me what it means, I'm going to tell you I don't know for sure. I do know this. Dan, on the uppermost border of Israel, for those of you who are going to go to Israel with us, when we go to the uppermost, so we're going to go up past the Sea of Galilee, we're going to go to the border of Syria. That's where Dan planted their uh, roots and because they were so close to pagan nations, they got involved in a lot of idolatry. From Dan to Beersheba, is from the north, Beersheba is the farthest to the south. So Ephraim was the northern kingdom. Once uh, you had David and Solomon, you had the northern kingdom split from the southern kingdom. Judah and Benjamin stayed in the south. Ten tribes stayed in the north. The north became known as Ephraim. Ephraim became corrupt. How many good kings were there in the northern kingdom (laughs) wasn't good and so that may be why Dan and Ephraim are left out of these lists because of idolatry but I will be quick to add all of Israel got involved in some form of idolatry (laughs) amen None of them had a perfect resume, so I don't know how far to push that. I'll just say this. There's a reason. God knows, and that's why they're listed this way. And so here's where they are. All right. Now, from that section, we have Jewish people uh, sealed. I've heard some people try to make arguments that, okay, you know, maybe the whole book of Revelation is fulfilled in the first century because you have... All these Jewish people and the first converts to Christ were what? Jewish. The early church was Jewish. So maybe all of these events are depicting the fall of Jerusalem in A.D. 70, and these first fruits are the first Jews that were saved. The book of James talks about the dispersed tribes and were kind of a first fruits to God, and so they make arguments like that. But I'm like, wait a minute. Here's the second group, and we'll introduce this, and then we'll pick it up next time. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, all tribes, and peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they're clothed in white robes, and they have palm branches in their hands." Group one is 144,000. Group two is this group that's about to appear in the throne room. There are a great uncountable multitude from every tribe, nation, and people. I think you have to see this as a last days scenario. In between the 6th and Seven seals, two major markers, hundred forty-four thousand sealed for ownership and protection. Call them a remnant from Israel. Their eyes are open. They believe in the Lord. There are believing Jews even today. And then there's a great multitude. Call those Gentiles from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. And they're going to show up in the presence of God. And there's going to be some questions about who are they? Where did they come from? But we are out of time. (laughs) So you will have to stay tuned. For the same bat time, the same bat channel. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Others of you are going, Amen. Anyway, sorry. But it is intriguing, isn't it, to put these things together and see how the Lord is working and to see the great care He takes to make sure that His people are safe before the end comes. That's why He came to save you, by the way. That's why he endured the cross and he despised the shame is because he wanted you to be with him. This world is a crazy place. And I know we have struggles and we talked about just a few news stories at the outset and man, we, we go through losses and difficulties and trials and there's diseases. and um, I was on the phone with a sweet sister just before I came out here and she's going through a trial and, and it's just good to know we're in good hands, Right? We know that the Lord writes the last chapter. (laughs) And so as we study these things, let's be of good cheer because Jesus overcame the world for us. Father, we are grateful for this incredible book. It can be very complex, but yet in many ways very simple. And as we take scripture with scripture, we can see your great plan unfolding before our eyes. We can see the seals being broken, but before the wrath of God comes, you seal people from the the promised uh, the promised people, really the, the your chosen people, and then we see this great multitude grafted in the Gentiles, Jew and Gentile, one church in Christ, and we see you take great care to make sure that they're safe in your in your wonderful arms before judgment falls and you know, Second Peter tells us that you're not slow about what you do about your coming, but you don't want any to perish. You want all to come to repentance. And we're grateful to be here tonight and part of the redeemed community. But we also know that there's business to do until you come. You told us to occupy until you come. You said while you're away, we're to be about your business. So help us, Lord, through the ups and downs of this life, through the the trials and and the good times to make sure we're busy about your business until you come for us or we go to be with you. With your head and heart bowed, if you've not met Jesus or maybe you've just felt like you've been far away, maybe you've not experienced being sealed in his blood, maybe you've never applied the work of Christ to your life by believing in his death on the cross and his resurrection for you. Maybe you've never made it official that You want to follow him. You want to follow the true king and his kingdom. Tonight is an opportunity. And life gives you some opportunities, but tomorrow's not even promised to us. I would just say to you, if you are not sure, if you're a prodigal, if you've just been struggling and you want to come back home, just, you know, there's an open invitation to come. Come just as you are. Come with your struggles, your fears, and your doubts and come into the cleansing presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will wash you, forgive you. He will cause you to be born again to a living hope, and he'll give you a new heart and a new start. You've got to cry out to him. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you will be saved. You've got to make an individual decision. So it's something like this. Lord Jesus, I believe. Pray it if it's you. I believe you came to this world. You made the world and you came to the world to save me. I believe you endured the cross for me. I believe you bore my sin there, took my punishment, took the wrath I deserved. I believe that you conquered the grave and I believe you're coming again. And I put my full trust in you as Lord and Savior and King. I turn from my sin, Lord, I repent of it. And I place my full trust in you. Help me follow you all the days of my life. Father, thank you for this precious congregation. May you bless and encourage and strengthen their walks with you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Hey, I sincerely hope and pray that you prayed that prayer. The most important prayer you can ever pray of opening your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I've had the privilege and honor of leading many people to that confession, that saving confession of faith in Jesus. And Romans 10 says, if you confess that Jesus is Lord with your mouth, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what, you may ask? Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from the consequences of your sin. My friend, there's nothing more important than making sure that you know God. And that your soul is right with him. I'm excited if you prayed that prayer for the first time or potentially even rededicated your life. And if you did, would you let us know? Let us know when you reach out to us at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and this study in Revelation chapter seven about the 144,000 does have a lot of layers to it. In fact, we begin a second message covering this important chapter tomorrow. Now, if you go to our website, you can order the DVD teaching of this particular sermon in Revelation 7, The 144,000 and the Great Multitude. Visit walkintruth.com, click on the store tab, and you can go ahead and order that product and continue to partner with Walk in Truth. I want to say thank you for those of you who pray for us, those of you who have supported us financially. When you go to walkintruth.com, you can also donate, You can uh, buy a product and add a donation to that. That all helps us expand our impact in reaching more people like you. We appreciate it. So check it out today at walkintruth.com. Hey, just an FYI that Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship, a great church in the city of Corona where I have the privilege and honor of serving as senior pastor. Now, we're located in Corona right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue and we'd love for you to come out and visit this Sunday, especially if you've not been in fellowship. Maybe you just recently decided to become a Christian. You made that confession of faith, and now you're wondering what's next. Well, one of the key things is to get into fellowship. Get into a healthy Bible teaching church. You can check out Living Truth in the City of Corona, two service times at 9 and eleven fifteen a.m. You can get information and directions, information about Sunday school, youth groups, Bible studies, and all of that when you go to walkintruth.com, clicking on the visit tab. Now, the church is at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona. Check out all the information at walkintruth.com. And also remember that you can download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store, Look for the red logo with the pillars. You can keep up to date on what's going on with the church. You can listen to messages and you can get all the information about the fellowship. The Living Truth app in your app store. Go ahead and download it today. Now tune in tomorrow because we begin part two of the teaching in Revelation 7 on the 144,000 and the great multitude. Some great stuff here. Look forward to being with you next time. God bless you. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.